Let's sit. No more Let's learn. Let's evolve. Let's talk. Today is Let's Talk Business with your host, Jai Lawton. Welcome to Let's Talk Business. Before we start, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands we broadcast here in the West End of Brisbane and all across the country, wherever you are listening. I would like to acknowledge the unceded sovereignty of all First Nations people across the many nations in this continent and acknowledge all Elders, past and present. Now, late last year on Let's Talk Business, I spoke with the co-chairperson of Quibbon, the Queensland Indigenous Business Network, Shane Kennelly, following its official launch at Parliament House in, I think it was October last year. We spoke about the, the work to be done and the recruitment of a, a CEO, and Quibbon, of course, is a newly established representative body dedicated to championing Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander businesses in Queensland. And after the recruitment of that CEO, I'm really excited to be talking with the newly announced inaugural CEO of the Queensland Indigenous Business Network, Denisha Duff. Uh, Denisha is an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander woman with over 25 years of experience within the Indigenous health and community control sector, including her previous uh, one of her previous roles as the Chief Operating Officer over there at, uh, at IUE, the Institute for Urban Indigenous Health, one of our uh, important partners here and at AAA and um, Denisha also recently received the medal of the Order of Australia this year for her exceptional community service and it's such a pleasure to have your company today sis I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the radio show. No worries at all and as we always do can we start with your mob and your country? Yeah sure so I'm originally from Thursday Island in the Torres Strait so shout out to the mob up there and down here. I've been living on the mainland, though. My mob are also connected to Cape York, Eastern Cape York, the Waterdeer people. Ah, oh, too deadly. And they'll be sheltering, eh, after that uh, weather recently yeah. up there? Yeah. yeah, getting smashed, unfortunately. Yeah, hopefully that eases for them. And think of the mob up north there. And before we get into Quibbon um, and this amazing landmark role you're about to undertake, um, you have had, like many, a journey of, of different roles in your career. Can you tell us about that journey and those different roles to get you to here? Yeah, so pretty much started um, after I finished uni here in Brisbane at Griffith Uni. I had no idea what I was going to do and my sister was already in Canberra working for the public service. So she said, come on down, you know, have a have a go at the public service, you know, get, you get some good training, you get some travel. And I did that for a number of years and then moved back home here to Brisbane because, you know, you miss your family and your friends. Mm. Um, Cold down Canberra too. Yeah, yeah. The first time is <laughs> a bit of a shock <laughs> when you go down, especially when you're young and in your 20s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really came back and um, ended up working, um, you know, for state government as well too, Queensland Health for a while. Really searching for something that resonated with me, what I felt passionate about. I was working not with our mob, but on, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health issues. And I really wanted to get closer to the ground um, to work with communities. And that's where I stepped across and worked in at Quake. So I was at Quake for a little while there as well. And then worked around the health sector for non-government organisations. And that's really been my passion is working with communities, mm. um, working, you know, to improve either, you know, health issues, whether it's housing, education, working with our young people as well too. So that's really my passion and um, went back and did some further study, did an MBA and then really thought, wow, you know, entrepreneurship's the way to go. You mm. know, it's our mob determining 
um, how we're going to engage and trade and giving us financial freedom so we're not dependent on government. We've got so many talented people out there. It's actually just turning that into a way in which they can support themselves and their families and communities as well. Yeah, it's such a powerful vehicle. And um, for the average person out there listening, what is what is Quibbon? Well, Quibbon's been a thought over a decade now. I think that, you know, people in business... Um, and certainly those that are thinking about how do we actually get together and have a collaborative and where's the strength. You know, we, we've seen a lot um, of um, strength and leadership being done by the community control sectors, so mm. like the health sector, housing. And this is really the first step for Indigenous businesses to get together as a network where you can collaborate, support each other, trade with each other. But there's so many small businesses out there across a diversity of sectors. So there's construction, there's tradies, there's hairdressers, you know, there's people who are doing some amazing things, not just tourism and, you know, dance and art. But, mm. you know, there's a way that we can bring people together to look at supply chain issues. How do we actually trade with each other? But also, the Queensland government has a procurement policy that they're not meeting at the moment. Mm. They're keen to engage with Indigenous small businesses, but it's about having the number of people who are there and ready to tend us. So we're there to step in, support them, and actually bring people together, whether it's state government with its federal government, with its corporates as well. It's super exciting. If you think at, you know, in other jurisdictions uh, across the Northern Territory and, and also down in Victoria and just seeing what the likes of uh, Northern Territory Indigenous Business Network and also Kinaway down there in Victoria and the, just the way that it has enabled the businesses down there to really accelerate their growth but also enable support because it is like anywhere it's a complex ecosystem probably not as complex as health but it is a complex ecosystem and i think that's the exciting thing for mob here in queensland is to know that there will be a coordinated notion and a body to advocate as well um you know mm. it's quite hard when you're a small business and you you know yeah, so definitely. yeah, yeah. so what are you looking forward to most about knowing that it is only a couple of days into the role, but what, what are you looking forward to most? It is really getting out there and meeting, you know, all the businesses and just to, you know, introduce myself, but also to see where we can add value. Like, we'll be looking at what, what's happening in other states, you know, but we're going to make it our way. We're going to do mm. it Queensland way. <laughs> and we do it best anyway. That's so, it. You know, but... <laughs> State of origin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, too good. It is a new chapter, as we were saying there, for Indigenous business here in Queensland with the announcement of yourself as the inaugural CEO. What drew you into this role? Because it was a start-up and I thought there's just so much potential here. I guess there's so many pieces that are moving in place at the moment. You know, it's not just working with our mob at the local level or regional level. It's being able to advocate at the state level. I've done that previously in my roles and at the national level. But it's not just that now. We've got a First Nations ambassador. They're negotiating trade agreements overseas with other First Nations people. Mm. Why don't we step overseas and trade with other mob, mm. you know, who've been in that same position? That's how you generate intergenerational wealth is when you start trading with each other. The money's kept in the communities then. So what are the opportunities to grow, you know, locally, but also with a vision to, are you trade ready to go overseas? There are some really large and complex and sophisticated companies that are. Yeah, absolutely. I had the, the great man and, you know, Western Australia is often seen as like another country in this country. <laughs> uh, but Brother Gordon Cole, you know, had some wise words to say about that on the show around, you know, really operating locally, but thinking globally. And, you know, it is, it's untapped for us out there in terms of the opportunities internationally and globally and it's not a foreign concept to us you know we've traded with Absolutely. we've traded uh, internationally before so yeah. we've got 65,000 years of trading with other nations you mm. know certainly from the Torres Strait mm. you know there's been trade that's been happening for generations 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, and if you have just joined us, you are listening to Let's Talk Business. We're, we're talking all things Indigenous business and uh, with my guest today, the inaugural CEO of the Queensland Indigenous Business Network, Denisha Duff. Um, Denisha, I wanted to tackle something that I speak, you know, I speak to a lot of businesses across the country on this program and one of the biggest constant challenges facing mob out there in business is this whole notion of black cladding and people you know dressing up businesses and misrepresenting businesses and trying to undertake the opportunity i suppose that comes with these different procurement policies and whatnot is this something that will be on quibbin's agenda do you think in terms of tackling this black cladding issue absolutely and i guess um one of the things that i'm doing in my role at the moment is um pulling together a submission to the federal government um niaa the national indigenous australians agency uh, currently have a um, uh, review open on their IPP, their Indigenous Procurement Policy. So part of that is looking at um, what's the definition of an, an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander business. Um, there's certain, um, you know, whether it's 50%, 51%, you know, if you're certified by a supply nation, um, does that actually prevent black cladding? You know, no. Mm. <laughs> we know that. We've heard about that. Mm. Um, so, you know, what other preventative measures should be put into place um, to prevent that from happening? Quibben, as part of our um, defining our membership categories, which we'll be going out, um, you know, and talking to people about whether their corporates is identifying um, and knowing what our First Nations businesses are and our role in terms of validating that. Yep. Yeah, it's, a, it's certainly, you know, certainly an issue. And I think, you know, the whole, uh, the, the feedback that I've had from, from this show is that, yeah, I think we do need to sit down as a sector and really unpack and, and define on our own terms what, what an Indigenous business looks like. Because yeah, it's, definitely. You know, it is complicated, 50%, yeah. 51% and all these other different, mm. you know, joint venture operations and all these other different things. Well, look, if it'd be easy, Denisha, it'd be boring, I think. You know, there's <laughs> lots of work to be done in that lots space. Lots of conversations to be had, Lots yeah. of conversations, yeah. yeah. This Quibbon CEO, you know, it is a, it's a start-up and it's a big role, but also with a lot of opportunity. And, um, you know, just putting you on the spot here because, as, as I said, you are only a few days in, but what are you most excited about in terms of, you know, the, the things that are out there on the horizon for, for Quibbon that's in place already? That's, mm. you know, there's some exciting software and technology and, and all different plans in place. What, what are you most excited for? Yeah, we do have a few things that are coming in the next six to 12 months. So, like, firstly, we do have some really exciting tech that we're getting built, which members will have access to. So that will bring tenders or buyers together with suppliers, if you're interested. Um, so that's an pl interactive platform where they can engage and, and purchase from each other. Um, the other thing um, that I'm excited about is, but we're not just going to be located in Brisbane, we're going to set up a number of hubs across the country. Um, you know, at the moment we're funded for, I think, about five or six hubs to be established over the next three or four years. Certainly the board has ideas that there'll be ten. So coming to a city near you, there should be a hub where, you know, in the next couple of years, I'm saying, like, don't, don't rush week, me yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't rush me. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me some time to settle behind the desk and recruit staff. Uh, but, yeah, there will be, and we'll, obviously we will work in with the existing chambers of commerce. We will consult because it's up to the community and the businesses there to identify what their needs are, whether they need um, business coaching, business support, whether they need, you know, access to buyers and corporates, um, and, th and then we can define what our role is. Yeah, and that's certainly important, particularly out in the regions. You know, I speak to a lot of Indigenous businesses in the regions that have done a lot of work nationally around uh, regional Indigenous business, and it does create additional layers and challenges, The you know, the more regional and, and remote you go. And I only had on the program a few weeks ago Brother EJ Garrett from Eidsvold, and 
I think he, he was saying it's potentially the most uh, uh, represented place in the country. I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating here, but in terms of Indigenous businesses per capita out there in Oddsvold, you know, there's you know <laughs> 10 plus Indigenous businesses out there with a population of just a few hundred. Exactly. Um, so there you go, EJ. They're potentially a, a hub spot a there for you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come and visit you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that is that's the you know and that's the support that people like him would love and those mob out in the regions mm. that where there is a, a density of Indigenous businesses and then also idea, mob mm. with ideas and how do you create some infrastructure to help support them mob. And, uh, again, that's uh, an exciting prospect of Quibbon to be able to, um, you know, make that a reality mm. and, and mm. support those mobs out in the region. That's it. And it's like stepping, you know, letting it grow organically as well too so it's, you know, a bit more um, fit to what, what, what people need. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I, I wanted to ask you as well is um, being from Thursday Island and, and up in the Straits, I mean, personally, it's something I've never... I mean, I need to get up there. It's probably the only place in the you country I've never been. Yeah. Oh. But what's the Indigenous business um, landscape like up, up in the Straits? Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty good. Like, um, I was up there... And, like, it's obviously there's emerging businesses mm. um, and a lot of people want to trade. Again, it's, it's going to be about you know, maintaining the cash flow and demand um, mm. to actually actually sustain it as a, you know, full-time thing. Um, when I was up there last year in June, we actually took a, uh, a boat ride, an ecotourism boat ride out. Yeah, wow. And that was the first time, you know, we'd done that because, you know, i got family at that we, mm. out, up there and we usually just go, come on, let's just take the dinghy out, go yeah. fishing. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, no, no, let's do this proper way, you know, do it and just see, see what it's like. And it yeah. was deadly. Yeah, I could imagine, again, you know, we talked about the challenges of... Uh, of regional business, let alone the challenge of having to travel water between islands. I went yeah. to a, 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 a party recently with a, a, a DJ that come down from the Torres Strait specifically for this party and he was saying, I'd love these speakers but they might get wet on my dinghy because I've got to put these speakers <laughs> on everywhere he goes for, you know, the parties up that's there. It. So, um, you know, the challenges there around different waters. But again, that's the exciting thing about business and entrepreneurship, about, mm. you know, really trying to come to a solution with some of these complex yeah. problems. And yep. it, it does require a bit of out-of-the-box thinking and, and that's where the best ideas come from, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. When we talk about opportunities, there's no bigger opportunity, I would say, than the 2032 Olympic and Paralympic Games right here in Brisbane. There's a commitment of $5.4 billion in Indigenous procurement as part of the Q2032 procurement strategy what role do you think Quibben will play in that sort of space? Well, Quibben has um, a seat at the table, so wow. we're on one of the advisory committees around the procurement stuff. So, um, I haven't, while I haven't attended any of the meetings yet, we certainly will be in there advising on the allocation of that across in different sectors and industries. You know, if you look at um, best practice around federal government, they have a number. While it is a large quantity of money, it is about how do you break it down into smaller packages where smaller businesses can tender and grow and scale. We've got mm. eight years to do this. Yeah. So let's do it in a manageable, scalable way. Yeah. And the time thing is such an important thing, you know, and having a bit of foresight in terms of what those projects look like. And, and this one's quite uh, mm. unique in the sense that we know what it's going to look like. So what do those businesses need to be doing today to get there by by that time? So, you know, particularly around, you know, everyone's got procurement policies from your corporate organisations to your councils, to your state governments, mm. to your federal governments. And if there's not people like Quibben and NTIBN and, and Kinaways and other, these other people that have been there previously to hold to account, um, mm. 
looking forward to, to, to that. Yeah. And, and knowing that there is someone there too, you know, so yeah. it's always important just knowing that someone's there from their point of view. Yeah, and I guess it's important to have that conversation about not just having window dressing, having mm. real jobs, mm. real income, real, um, you know, real income for bi- for businesses over the next, you know, decade, yeah. not just up to leading up to the Olympics, but after that as well too. What does that mean for them? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. And um, just as we, we sort of wrap at the end of uh, at the end of this, what's your vision for Quibbon and, and I suppose just Indigenous businesses more broadly? Mm, well, in my pitch to the board, I said I want to see a really vibrant um, Indigenous business sector. So, you know, not just small business entrepreneurs. I want to see um, young kids and people, you know, in communities thinking about ideas being able to identify a pathway into entrepreneurship. So it is a career path um, and, you know, that, that can translate onto intergenerational wealth. That's something that we've never had in this country before in our mob, you mm. know. A lot of us are, are, are first-generation full-time workers who are trying to accumulate enough money for the rest of our family, to leave to our families. Mm. Um, so I want to see that happening. I want to see wealth created. I want to see, you know, diversity across and supported and trading with each other. And being at the forefront of me- not just media, but you know, being at the forefront and controlling how we trade on our terms. Mm. No, it's a it's a it's an incredible picture to paint, and you know, particularly with with young people. You know, I just finished a, a project recently at, at the QT Entrepreneurship, and um, and we were working on a, a program with young people, mm. and and you know, beyond being a career and a money source and all that sort of thing, I think entrepreneurship is also you know a mindset, mm. and young people are less corrupted. They're less corrupted <laughs> by the real world. You know, they think out there the risk is not really too much in their vocabulary. They're yeah. jumping off trampolines and bridges <laughs> and all that sort of thing. So it does paint an incredible picture in terms of, you know, these young fellows out in community yeah. about entrepreneurship. If they can see it, it's not a barrier. No. Them. If they can see someone else out there who's successful, who's running a business, who's, you know, trading, you know, with corporates and government and making a success of themselves, then it's doable in yeah. other people. And they're good at, at rebelling against the system too, eh? <laughs> Don't right. do that and they go and do it. So, um, you know, young people and, you know, for our mob too, what would be 10 years younger, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. life expectancy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, and, you know, 24 average average age or something like that. So mm. there's, um, there's a massive opportunity there for young people. So, you know, um, again, you know, Quibben does... Uh, you know, I'm excited of the prospect of it. I think it's um, such a been a long time in the making, um, and there's been a lot of hard work done to date, mm. and uh, a lot of work to do in front of you. But what an exciting piece of work! Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just in terms of how you know, as we meant, there has been a lot of engagement with Indigenous businesses as part of this process, just to get it operational. But how can you know, from a, both businesses and, and corporates, mm. get involved with Quibben? Absolutely. Um, we will have a membership drive. We'll do a call-out for membership um, once we've sorted out what that looks like. There will be a cost involved because at the end of the day, we need to be self-generating our income mm-hmm. um, like any good business. Mm. Um, but we will be going out regionally as well too and um, having like meet-and-greet events, activities where um, small businesses can come together with you know purchases or, corp- or corporates as well too and have a meet-and-greet, um, also understand what Quibbon is and for us to understand what sort of role that we that they want us to play regionally as well too. So there will be um, some opportunities to engage, but it's a matter of looking at our website. So that's under development, but it should be live um, in the next couple of weeks. But the address will be www.qibn.com.au. Too good. So if you want to find out any more information 
um, head to that website and just keep pressing that refresh button until it comes <laughs> live and it will be live in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, but I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the program, Denisha, particularly given that it is only a couple of days into the Day role. Three. <laughs> there you go. So I really do uh, appreciate that and, um, and wish you all the best on, on the amazing journey with Quibben. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. And you have been listening to Let's Talk Business. If you've missed an episode or want to catch up on a previous episode, make sure you head on over to the website at aaa.org.au or jump onto Spotify and follow Let's Talk. Thank you very much for your company. No more whispering in our mind. Let's Talk, Monday to Friday at 9am on AAA Murray Country, the National Indigenous Radio Service and iHeartRadio. You can catch up on aaa.org.au. Proudly supported by the Community Broadcast Foundation.